Welcome back to the podcast. If you have followed our podcast for very long, you know that we are extremely passionate about disciple making and church planting, and we have covered all kinds of topics that go into those things. Uh, And when we talk about igniting movements, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about igniting disciple making church planting movements. And so we've covered all kinds of different issues that that go into disciple making, all kinds of issues that go into church planting as well. But along the way, we've also covered some organizational issues that if they aren't handled well, can blow up all of your spiritual efforts. And these are the things that we're not that crazy about talking about. We've talked about some personnel issues. Last time we talked about handling your finances when you're in a multi-campus situation, because that can become a huge problem if, if it's not handled well. And the thing that we're talking about today is very, very, very similar to those. Uh, This is one of those things that if we don't handle it well, then then all of a sudden everything you work for and everything, all all the great spiritual things that have happened, all the life change that you've seen happen, all the multiplication that you've seen happen could potentially blow all to pieces. And today, this one that we're talking about is really a big deal, especially, it's a big deal for everybody because everybody's dealing with it all the time, but it's especially a big deal if you're leading a multiplying organization that's raising up young leaders and you're over 40 because the under 40 group is used to dealing with this. They're not dealing with it well. I will say that. I don't think they're dealing with it well, so I think this is for everybody, but the over 40 group doesn't even understand. Like They're still processing why is this happening. Uh, and so this is a really, really, really big deal. What is it? What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about keeping organizational focus in an information jungle. Here's what I mean by that. When you raise up strong leaders in your, in your organization, they will crave growth and information. You don't have the right people if they don't, right? And so they will crave it. They will say, I need to grow. I need more information. And, and, so, and that's awesome. You want that. However, there are a million voices that they can pull that information from. And some of those are going to fit with who you are trying to be as an organization, and some of them are not going to. And this is where the tension will emerge. And it can become a major rift on your team if it's not handled well. So what, what can happen is your strongest leaders all of a sudden are wanting to pull the organization in a different direction uh, because of the voices that they've been listening to. And, and I want to be careful how I describe this because, again, I'm not saying that, that things shouldn't change or things shouldn't grow or you should say this is who we are so therefore we don't listen to anybody. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But some ideas and philosophies run, just run counter to who you are as an organization so they're not really very helpful uh, if, if people begin to take them and run with them. So, um, so say that from the very start that you said, we're going to be a church planting church. But one of your key leaders starts listening uh, and, 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 and starts listening to some information that, that basically says that, that putting resources into church planting is a waste of resources. Or say that small groups are a key part of your strategy, but it seems like that a staff member has, has been sharing a leadership podcast with other staff members that says that churches should just stop having small groups. Small groups are not a good thing. We need to get rid of them. I've seen this over and over through the years. I've seen it uh, happen because a whole staff was learning and investing and and going in a more modern direction, but all of a sudden that wasn't where the church was headed 
for whatever reason. I've seen churches that uh, where they've talked about and, and planned about how that they want to be a church planting church, but as they filled up their building, they decided to go into a multi-million dollar campaign instead of uh, in, instead of uh, going on and planting a church like they had talked about, and several of their staff members left because they were invested in church planting. Uh, and so these directional changes can be huge, and some of that is just like, like if you're going to train people and head people in a certain direction, like you need to go in that direction. Like you can't raise up leaders that believe in something and then not go through with it. So that's that's part of the lesson we learned from those two examples that I just just shared. But I've also seen it with doctrinal. Uh, issues. You've got a bunch of high-intensity leaders who want to better themselves by reading books, listening to podcasts, gobbling up information, but it can start pulling everyone in different directions. And that's what we're talking about. We live in an information jungle now. We don't live in a time anymore where we all sit around and wait on the John Maxwell tape or, or CD to come in. Uh, and if the pastor didn't really like it and doesn't think it, it says something that works well for their church, he can just not play it for everybody. Like, no, everybody is gleaning information from this information jungle all the time, uh, and it can pull people in different directions. Uh, so I'm going to be honest, no one's talking about this issue, and it is a huge issue. I've, I've watched all kinds and listened to all kinds of leadership podcasts, and nobody's talking about this issue. Uh, it's as if people are just like, yeah, just everybody just grow and listen to all the people that they want to listen to, and hopefully that's going to work out. Hopefully your team is still going to keep working together as people become passionate about different things in different directions. And there's no system for how do we process new information. And so what do you do about this? I mean, do you forbid your leaders from listening to, you know, say, hey, there's only two podcasts you're allowed to listen? No, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, that would be crazy. So how do we keep a bunch of driven leaders on the same page when they are hearing voices from everywhere? Here we go. Number one, define who you most closely identify with philosophically in key areas and why. That's important. Define who you most closely identify with philosophically in key areas and why. That, that, that last part's huge. If you have a, if you have a model for, for small groups, who would it be? Who would that be if, if you said, yeah, honestly, we pretty much, if we had an exact small group system that ran exactly like this church over here, that's what I would want. Who is that? Identify that. Talk about that. Say it out loud to your staff. Like, hey, this, when it comes to small groups, this is really where we're headed. This is what, what, what it should look like. We may disagree with a little, a couple things here or there, but pretty much that's what it should look like. And just declare that. Is there a church that you're extremely comfortable pointing all your worship leaders to when it comes to defining what gatherings and, and, and worship should look like? Name it. Say it. Say, hey, this is really, you know, not that we're, not that we're following men, but this is who we, who we really follow the most in this particular area. What about student ministry? What about children's ministry? What about first impressions? And, and, and then not just who do you most closely identify with, but why? Identifying those reasons. We really like this church in this area because of their disciple-making focus. We really like this church and how they handle their worship services because we feel like that it X, Y, Z. So, so spell those things out. And, you know, this is why. What is it about what they do that you like and works well for your church? This enables your leaders to begin to digest information from all kinds of places 
and, and translate it into your context to, to, to begin to filter better and say, oh, okay, uh, I'm, I'm listening to something that is not really the model of what we do. I glean this one little thing that I actually think will work for us, but their overall model is not us. That's not us. So that really helps with that. Um, you know, taking what will work for who you are as a church and leaving the parts that will not work. So first thing, define who you most closely identify with philosophically in key areas and why. Second thing, create an environment where new philosophies can be discussed and evaluated. Create an environment where new philosophies and new ideas can be discussed and evaluated. This is huge. Leaders do not enjoy places where they feel like they can't grow and evolve as a leader. However, you, can, uh, you also can't have everyone going in different directions all the time. And so it's very, very important that you have a context and a process for handling these new ideas. We say all the time when it comes to these ministry philosophy issues, if something's not working as well as it used to, or, or you feel like it could be more effective, uh, and you've come across a, a something that you think would, would work or, or would be awesome, like bring it to the group and we will decide if we want to change that and, and, and change up what we're doing. So uh, campus pastors, for instance, uh, one of our campus pastors uh, uh, a while back said to us, hey, I don't really love our new member process. I mean, it's okay, but I, I don't think it's, I think it could be better. And I run across uh, these, this group of people that has this great resources that they just give away. And man, I think that this, this really could be awesome. So we spent some time as campus pastors taking a look at that and said, yeah, let's greenlight this thing. Let's go, let's go for it. Let's totally change up our new member process to this. Because we can't have one, one campus just, you know, all of a sudden is just saying, well, we're going to make members this way. And all the other campuses saying, oh, we're going to make members that way. Like that doesn't work, right? In order for us to continue to work together and to be really, really effective uh, and to really save ourselves a whole lot of work at all, 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 of our, all of our campuses, we need to be able to share those types of things. Uh, so we have to be on the same page. But what happens is, is if we close that down, if we say, listen, we have a new member process. You don't need to be looking at that over there. What ends up happening is people begin to, to, to kind of sneak off and do things on their own. And then all of a sudden you literally have churches or parts of your church, if you're one church, like going off in different directions. And then at that point you begin to have division. So you have to you have to be able to have an environment where people can come in and say, can I put this on the table? Can we talk about this? Um, and, and, and so, uh, you know, if, if for some reason we all had a huge issue with the new process, though, it wouldn't have gone through. And that's something that people have to really understand and be okay with as well. That, that, hey, we can bring up all the ideas we want to. We can reevaluate everything. We can put things back on the table. Like, for the most part, this is the model. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing until we talk about it and change it. So we can have those conversations. But he would have had to be okay with saying, hey, I, I brought this idea to you guys. They could have looked at it. We all could have looked at it and said, honestly, we, we like our current new member process better than what you brought us so we're not changing this is not this is not this is not going through and he would have had to be okay with that and that's hard but if you don't give leaders a place to have those conversations they'll just sneak off and do stuff on their own now um leaders that are in environments where they can voice new ideas should be thankful that they get the opportunity and not undermine the unity and teamwork of the organization 
Uh, and this is something that I, I feel like, especially a lot of times, young leaders struggle with because uh, they, were, they were raised kind of in a generation where they always had a say about everything. And the concept that you, you might become passionate about something, but you're not the leader of the organization, so therefore, you know, your idea didn't carry the day, um, that, that's a struggle sometimes. And I recently heard one of the leaders at the Lyft conference say this, and I thought it was so good. Uh, he, they said, when I pitch an idea and it's not used, I have to submit to the Lord on that. He said this, if God wanted me to have the final say, God would have put me in that position. Man, that is so good. That is so good. So yeah, as a leader, you want to create an environment where anything can be brought to the table and we can discuss it. If, if it doesn't carry the day, you, you don't have that position to override everybody. You don't have that position to say, well, it's going through anyhow. And as a, as a strong leader who's trying to improve and trying to grow, that's hard for you. You have to let that dream or that idea or that concept that you just got passionate about die, and that's hard. But you're literally submitting to the Lord in that process. And so it's very, very, very important to understand that. The third thing is just this. You may also need to define theological boundaries as well. This, this may include practical applications of theology on popular issues or biblical worldview issues. But, but as a church, you may need to define, hey, listen, let's make sure that we're all within this, these boundaries. Uh, that's very, very important because, again, even with theology, people are listening to different teachings, different ideas, different thoughts, and they need to so clearly know who you are as a church and where, where the church stands on, on all of those issues, theological, biblical worldview, that when they hear some things that are outside of that, they, they realize, oh, okay, that's not who we are. Uh, and so every, every church has a belief statement or a doctrinal statement. Ours is very general. It's the basics of the faith. Uh, so you could be an Arminian or you could be a Calvinist and you could be good with our doctrinal statement. You could be a charismatic uh, or you could not be and you would still be good with our doctrinal statement. However, we have one extra statement that, that is a theological boundary that actually sounds like it's not a theological boundary, but it's super important to us, and here it is. Here's the end of our, of our statement. It says, NRCC is a non-denominational church, and as such, people from all Christian backgrounds are welcome. However, in order to maintain that identity, no theological distinctives will be promoted by staff members or partners slash members. Now, that may seem like a strange statement to have, but, but we are all about getting the mission done together. And the Bible is super important to us, and theology is important to us. All of that is important, but so often people begin to nitpick little variations of theology. When we all agree, Jesus Christ is God. He came. He died on the cross. The Bible's inspired. We all agree on that stuff. All right? So let's get together on that, and let's go reach the world. Let, let's, let, let's go reach the world. We don't want to have arguments over, over these little details. And so uh, we, we uh, want anyone, no matter what their slight denominational bent is, to be able to be a part of the mission without arguing over those issues. And so uh, the only way not to argue over them is to not spend time focusing on them because you, you're going to focus on them. You're going to have people who feel strongly both ways. So we are, we are checking our denominational distinctives at the door and if someone can't do that, this isn't the place for them. So that, that's a huge statement for us. It's a theological boundary that just says, look, if you're good working with this, like, that's great. Like, let's go. Here we go. Um, now, 
when you're talking about worldview issues, there are probably some things that are, are pretty important in terms of the views that your staff holds and promotes, uh, vetting potential staff members on issues like abortion, LGBT issues, um, those types of things could be very, very, very important. Uh, in today's highly charged environment, it's hard to work together if you feel that someone is representing your organization, therefore representing you in a way that may not be biblically accurate. So defining theological and worldview boundaries can be extremely helpful uh, so that, that people uh, can listen to various voices and they can clearly know what fits the organization and what, what does not. And if they begin to become passionate about something that does not fit the organization, that should be crystal clear to them. And honestly, they should self-select out. They should realize this is not the place for me. I can't promote what I want to promote in this context because we are very clear in this context about what the boundaries are. So very, very important. Last thing is just this, debrief conferences and training. This is something I did not used to do, and honestly, it has cost me, right? We usually spend so much time personally investing in someone that we raise up as a leader that we kind of assume that, that when they hear something that doesn't fit who we are or how our church thinks, they'll just move past it. We just assume that. However, I have found that two people who have spent a ton of time together talking ministry philosophy and, 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 and theology can literally sit in the same conference and listen to a talk and walk out of there headed in two totally different directions. Obviously, we, we try to go to conferences that, that closely align with what we're trying to accomplish uh, and how we think, but it can still happen. Uh, so it is, it is now my habit to pay attention to anything I hear in, in those contexts. So we're all sitting at, at a conference as a staff. I hear something that is just like, woo, yeah, just I hope everybody understands that's not us. I will literally write that down. We will come back to that. I will say, hey, did everybody hear that? Just to make, make it clear, that's not us. That's, that's not how we think. That's not where we're going. Uh, and so we, we'll just spell that out, uh, you know, right up front. Uh, if uh, we've heard a talk on church planting and the speaker constantly pushes the idea that house church movements are the, the absolute way to go, I will literally bring that up to the staff. And I will say, guys, you know we are not a house church plant. We love church, house church plants. Uh, we'll be happy to help any of them that we can help, but that's not us. Just, like, just want to make that clear. So if anybody comes out of that going, I think I want to give my life to that, like, they, you know, they have to understand, okay, but that's not us. Like maybe they maybe they convinced you personally, but right away helping them understand as opposed to being in the organization and working towards something that is not who we are. Uh, so, uh, so so very 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 important uh, that that we understand that. Uh, and so uh, this this will keep us from having staff member uh, uh, having a staff member begin to talk to his small group about how coming to a Sunday gathering isn't important anymore. You know those, those kinds of things. Uh, in the context of what they picked up from 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 the conference, and so I, I, you know, I'll often create a Marco Polo group with all the people that were present at a at a conference or a training, and we will break down the takeaways uh, that we had, and we'll also point out some things that we don't intend for you to take away. So debriefing these things are so very important. These these things should do a lot to define who you are as an organization and help leaders know what new ideas fit within that. So you, you may still have a leader that wants to force something that doesn't fit with the organization. If you've done this work up front, you can avoid a lot of that. And it should just be obvious when someone doesn't fit the organization. At that point, 
you're having more of a who should be on the bus conversation than what are we, you know, what are we trying to do as a church conversation. It's clear what you're trying to do as a church. It's just clear that maybe a person is, you know, needs to be on a different bus doing what they're doing. And so uh, if you don't define these things and debrief these things, it will feel arbitrary. It'll even feel unfair to that person that all of a sudden you're cracking down on something. It'll feel like you just are just sitting around deciding what you like and what you don't like. Uh, that you listened to that guy's idea last week, but you won't listen to hers. You know, I mean, that's what it's going to feel like uh, if it's not just crystal clear up front. This is who we are. This is how we think. These are the parameters. Anything can be put on the table, and, and, and we'll all look at it, and we'll judge it by those parameters, but this is who we are. And so that's so very important to have that up front. So that is, that is it for our content today. As always, we would love to hear from you, especially on this topic. Again, I don't hear anybody talking about this. I just hear leadership development, leadership development, you know, make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're listening to a wide variety of voices and, and, and you're growing as a leader and all that, and that is fantastic. But, but especially for, for young leaders who are used to living in that environment, but not used to, to living in a, in a situation where, okay, we all do have to work together. We do have to submit to, to, to the authorities and, and, like, and to the structure that's there. Uh, that's literally submitting to God. These issues are not re- really being talked about. And I'm telling you, I see it over and over and over again in organizations where great leaders, nothing wrong with, with these folks. They're great leaders. They love Jesus. They're passionate but they're growing in a different direction than their organization, and it's causing division all the time. Uh, and, and some of that's still going to happen. Sometimes they're going to grow in a different direction. They need to go in a different direction and go somewhere else. But at the same time, uh, I think it's so important as an organization that you handle this well so that you can s- joyfully send somebody and say, hey, listen, this was not their cup of tea. We're so excited about where they're headed, as opposed to uh, dealing with all this splintering and all the mess that's left behind if it hasn't been handled well. So I would love to hear your thoughts about this um, and, and hear maybe what you're doing to keep your team focused in the middle of an information jungle that we all face. But make sure you like, subscribe, and share if you find this content helpful, and we will see you next month.